Hi friends. Today on the Successfulish podcast, we're talking to photographers, Kristen Kidd and David Weir answering questions like what are the different styles of photography? What's the trick to capturing our squirmy furry friends? What should we think about before having our photos taken? As always, we try to keep our conversations uninterrupted because we like it that way. If you would like to help keep it that way, you can support our podcast by visiting anchor.fm slash successfulish slash support. Another day, another task, think fast with a whole nother mission complete. Successfulish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see. I'm successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieved. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back, reinvest, hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Successfulish. I'm Sarah Michelle, and today I am talking all things photography with photographers Kristen and Dave, owners of Lux Summit Studio in Pennsylvania. A little bit about this talented duo. For over a decade, Kristen nurtured in tandem a dedication to professional photography and a career as a social worker. It was there that she honed the skills of deeply understanding and connecting with clients and capturing the true essence of their identity and relationships. And at the beginning of 2017, after a long and fulfilling experience as a social worker, she stepped away in order to fully dedicate herself to her photography clients. Now as a Montgomery County and destination photographer at Lux Summit Studio, she brings everything she loved most about her career in social work to her photography, namely celebrating deep connections, our why, and inspiring others to live a Lux life. Her and her husband, David, run their North Wales studio together, specializing in literally all kinds of photography, family, pet, branding, headshot, boudoir, and lifestyle empowerment photography. Kristen has been featured on today.com, gma.com, 6ABC News, People Magazine, and more. She's also authored three books that have raised over $25,000 for local nonprofit organizations. Kristen calls land sale home and enjoys frequent adventures and traveling, hiking, and camping with her husband and fur babies, Hudson and Nito. And I hope I'm saying Nito's name correctly. Yep. Um, yep. Love those two little fur balls. So thank you so much for hanging out with us today. It's great to be here. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I know we were just talking about our mutual love of dogs and the soundtrack that they bring to trying to podcast and work from a home studio. And um, I think that's been one of the best things that has come out of COVID is the normal acceptance of dogs barking during work calls. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure for parents, uh, the normalization of kids crying and needing things and all of that. Um, but just the, the keeping it real, the reality that yes. it's not, I think that there was this belief that it was unprofessional. And I know that when I first started my business, I really stressed about that because I was in a little bedroom office. I was renting a room in some guy's house. And I was like, man, how am I going to get a client if they find out that I'm literally, I've got this one little background behind me and there's just like bachelor yeah. pad all around me. <laughs> and this is my office and dogs are barking. And, um, I struggled so badly with imposter syndrome and just feeling like, well, how can I be successful without a successful space? And then COVID happened. And honestly, I feel like now the people who work from home were ahead of the curve. Like we didn't have office costs and, you know, we kept the, the overhead down. Yeah, I think what you're saying about being real is is 100% where it's at. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, I think in COVID, another gift was just everybody got on a whole new level of being real because we couldn't like maintain these facades, you know, that yeah. we were trying to construct. <laughs> and we're like, oh, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, there's definitely something for putting your best appearance forward, but at the same time, it's nice to be able to focus your energy on what really matters. And I know Christian, you and I've had kind of back and forth text conversations where we've been like, Oh, a last minute strategy call. Well, I didn't shampoo today. Like I'm not wearing makeup and you're like, no, it's good. I'm not wearing makeup either. And, um, I don't think guys, I don't know, maybe Dave, you struggle with your makeup and physical appearance before a call, but, uh, I know it's a lot for, to get this beard the this way it beard, looks. Yeah, yeah this beard. Yeah, you got to get the Zoom beard ready. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, it's been really great. Some of my conversations have literally been last minute, like in sweatpants and without putting all the energy on appearance and all of that, there's more energy to be able to be creative and strategize. So I, I kind of like that the lines are being blurred. I think it's a good trend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of approachability there. Yeah. It keeps it more real, more human. Um, and I know that's something that you guys really specialize in too, of capturing the full gamut of reality and lifestyle with all the different photography styles. Um, but before we jump into that, what is something that you both failed at this week? (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Do you have one? I definitely have one from last week. Uh, so I might've flooded the studio last week. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Long story. Uh, We'll try to shorten it. Well, I'll give you the short version. So I'm trying to set myself apart as a boudoir photographer. And I had this great idea to get a couple of uh, PVC pipes, um, about 10 foot each, four of them. So I made a little square out of it, taped them down real good. Nothing Uh, good can come from DIY and PVC pipes. You're right. Lessons learned here. So uh, then I got some pond liner. I put a pond liner on top of that. And I put this in front of one of my black backdrops. Um, so I backlit it. So it looked really like kind of um, uh, very moody and, and, and uh, had a really cool look to it. And I filled it with a little bit of water. So I was doing, um, so I did a boudoir shoot um, with some water in there and it made like kind of a really cool, like kind of pond look. Uh, the only problem was uh, the client was really cold. So I was like, all right, I need to heat this water up a little bit. So I need to figure out how to do that. So I got one of those sous vide machines I use for like water, like cooking. Um, and I put one of those in there but it needed um, more water. It said there was a minimum level of where that water needed to be. So um, for the following shoot that I was gonna do, um, I was like, all right, I'm gonna test this out before the client comes in the day before. Um, So I built my little pond that I had in there and I put my sous vide machine in there and found out that it needed more water. So I kept filling it up with more water until I I found the limit of what the PVC pipe could hold. And then about 10 gallons of water just flooded right out of that. So um, definitely flooded the studio. Um, It was water, so there was minimum damage. But um, uh, yeah, that was that was a big fail. That was that was a big fail. I want to interject here and just say that he had done this several times before um, and and the photos that came out of it were amazing and stunning. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'll have to share one with you, Sarah. Yeah. You can you can share it with your community if you want, yeah. um, because I think everybody's going to listen to this and be like, "I've got what is what is what he is even he thinking about?" Yeah. So we yeah. actually have proof of how awesome this looks. Yeah. And I told him he felt so horrible about it, and I said, "Listen." Um, we all signed off on this. This yeah. wasn't like, this wasn't like just your fault. Like there are three of us who, who in some way, shape or form run this studio together. Mm-hmm. And Dave said, I want to build a pond on the third floor. And we all <laughs> said, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what could go wrong? We learn lessons in uh, risk management. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that you can laugh about it and that the two of you are still sitting next to each other and smiling Um, because I feel like for, for a lot of couples, I feel like there's a lot of fragility with mistakes. Like a lot of couples turn on each other when there's a mistake and I don't, I, so I just started watching the amazing race. I'd never watched it before. I didn't know that it was a thing, Um, but there's a couple that I sort of follow and I feel like we're friends, even though I've never met them. And so I've been cheering them on this season and it got me hooked. And so now I've watched, I don't know, like three or four past seasons of the show. And it's fascinating to me, the dynamics of the couples Mm-hmm. of just yeah. there's some that are like great job babe you made a solid effort it's okay that we're in last place it's okay sugar boo and then there's the other couples that are like I can't believe that we came in third you're just you're a disappointment and I'm ready to get divorced when we get home and it's so interesting to me just to see the dynamics um yeah what, well, I want to ask you what it's like to work together as a couple, but before I get ahead of myself, Kristen, is there something that you failed at this week? I'd, I was really thinking I was going to get a pass there. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to segue. No, no, no. Good. Everybody fails on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Nobody gets a pass. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I, there's, I, I don't know. There's a couple things that come to mind. Um, 
I just even think about um, over obligating myself, which then um, leads to me inevitably um, failing someone that I meant to show up for in some way, right? So maximizing the schedule and being like, I'm doing this and then I'm doing this and then I'm doing this. And um, doing that to a fault. Um, and then inevitably something has to fall through. And then whoever it was that I was like seeking to serve or show up for, be having to be like, oh, I can't make that happen. Um, and so I think there's a, like a couple times last week where that happened. Um, and so I think that's what, what resonates in my mind when I think about failures from last week, for sure. Yeah. I think that's a really common learning curve. You're not the first guest we've had on this show that has said like, man, time management, like priorities oh. over obligating. And um, I think that's a fun challenge of wanting to be more successful is just when there's ambition and you want to run after things, sometimes the only way to find your limits is to keep filling up the water until it floods the studio. And then yes. you're like, oh, there was the limit. Well, now I know. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a challenge, but tell us a little bit about your story. I know we touched on a little bit in the bio, but sort of what inspired you to start your photography studio? How'd you come up with the name and how did the two of you end up working together, dating together, which came first? Just mm -hmm. tell us your story. I'll give you the, the open floor. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll start it off and then, uh, you can hop in Sure. just like our story. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Dave and I, um, we knew each other a long time before we started dating. Um, we've been friends for a really long time. Um, and then we started dating. Uh, we got married uh, when we got married uh, six years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you were working at Concrest. Yes, I was a social worker, full-time social worker. Uh, Dave was working in corporate America. Um, and um, I also was photographing professionally. But at that point in time, I had not seen what I needed to see to make becoming a professional photographer as my sole income make sense. And what I mean by that is any photographer that may be listening to this will be able to relate to this. The photography industry is not gen generally set up for very much success. The model is work yourself to death. Um, and you're gonna, if you wanna make any money, you need to do weddings and you'd better give up every weekend of your life uh, for the foreseeable future. And I was like, hard pass. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I was photographing professionally and, and building up um, some of my work while I was full-time working as a social worker. Um, I knew that wasn't sustainable, but I hadn't seen what I needed to see to make sense to move in any direction. Um, and then uh, 2016, I guess, um, I had met a couple photographers who are really good friends of ours now. Um, they kind of ushered me in and took me under their wing a little bit, mentored me a little bit and said, um, you need to go see, see this guy is Steve Saparito from Saparito education. And he is a photography business coach essentially. And the way it was put to me was you can't afford not to go see him. Um, so I did. And that was true. Um, what I learned in spending like two to three days uh, with him um, completely changed my life. And so I saw at that point what I needed to see to be able to step away from my 13 year career as a social worker and fully pivot and focus on a career, integrate a career as a, um, as a professional photographer. Um, and the, one of the biggest components of that was seeing uh, how I could integrate everything that I love most about being a social worker uh, into becoming a professional photographer, which yeah. was caring deeply about people and leaning deeply into what matters most to them in their life. And then just being able to photograph that. Um, I also saw how to not only make a living, but to be um, profitable and successful as a photographer um, doing this. And so I was like, well, I'm going to regret it if I don't take the leap. So Dave was incredibly supportive in every way imaginable. 
And so we took that leap together of me establishing the studio. Um, and things went well. Um, you know, we, I grew and grew the studio and it was Kristen Kidd Photography. And then um, in 2020, um, not only did the pandemic happen, but a lot of other things happened. Um, so Dave, do you wanna share your part? Yeah, I had been working uh, uh, for an insurance company for about 14 years. And um, I always liked, um, I guess, technical creative things. Um, and I didn't really get any of that um, at my insurance job. Um, but Kristen, um, her strong suit is a lot of uh, uh, natural light and um, quick emotion and um, things like that. But she was sharing a studio uh, with other photographers that had a lot of off-camera um, flash lighting. So I said, hey, why don't I take lessons from them and I can be like your lighting guy, like if you go on a shoot. So I basically learned photography from the ground up at that time from them and how to use, um, you know, off-camera flash lighting. And I really liked it. I just really enjoyed, um, I started photographing friends and coworkers and family members doing headshots. And I think um, what really resonated for me was when I showed someone their photo, like just seeing them light up and really like see themselves for the first time um, uh, in a professional way was like, felt really good. It was really rewarding to me personally uh, doing that. So um, I kind of knew at that point, I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, and then it was just a matter of figuring out how to make money doing it. So uh, eventually I figured out how to price it correctly and how I could do that. And um, I left my job and um, started working with uh, Kristen full-time. Uh, and I just took over the headshot and boudoir um, uh, uh, brand of our business. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, as we um, grew and working together, um, we knew that we needed some help and we brought um, Vic in as our studio manager. Mm -hmm. um, and we knew that we wanted to um, change our brand from the, the name of Kristen Kidd Photography, because at this point, you know, we're growing, we're three people, and we really wanted people to know and feel that no matter who picked up the phone, they were going to get the same level of service and care. So people wouldn't be asking, well, where's Kristen? You know, why am I getting passed off to someone else? Um, and so we tossed it around for a while. We worked on it for a while. Mm -hmm. um, we are big outdoors people. We love yep. camping, hiking, all that. Um, and so we knew that we wanted Summit to be a part of the brand. Um, just that feeling of reaching uh, the highest point, being on top of the mountain. Um, also, every other business is named Summit. <laughs> yeah, so it was very difficult to find the name exactly because it seemed like everything was taken. But I mean, uh, we were getting our website redone and we were getting our SEO redone at the time. And um, they said, you know, if you're going to rename your business, you want to do it right now while um, while we're developing your SEO. So that really like kind of lit a fire under us that we need to figure this out very quickly. So. Kristen had come up with the name Lux Summit, and I just said, I, did, I really liked it. I really liked that yeah, name. and Lux really came from, Dave insisted that the word light be a part of it somewhere, and I said, sure, as long as we can agree upon a name that, <laughs> that has the word light in it. Yeah. So I was trying to get really creative about how that could be a, a presence in the brand and in the name, um, and... Uh, was reminded that the Latin word for light is Lux, L-U-X. Um, and we felt like it flowed, Lux Summit Studio. Um, and it also was indicative, uh, it conjures in the mind subconsciously an idea of luxury, which is something that is also important to our brand as well. Yep. And so we took it on and ran with it. Awesome. Yeah. I, I had the pleasure of collaborating with you both on your brand and I love the story behind it and just all the themes that you're able to tie together in the studio. And it is really hard to come up with a name for a company. I don't remember how many I went through before I landed on honey map for mine, but it felt like every time I picked a name, there were 18,000 other agencies with the same name. Um, there were so many companies and I mean, I think I, I kind of had the hiking route. I don't remember what the name was, but that was where I started. And there were so many agencies that had that sort of pathways vibe, um, yeah. 
there's a million companies named Mosaic. That was another one that I had gone after. So it is, it's tough. But then when you find your name that no one else has, and it's yours, it's just, oh, it's so exciting. Um, And side note, if you're naming a business, this is just a side plug to trademark it because we can all tell you what a pain in the ass it is to come up with a name that no one else has. And it's tragic if someone else takes that or you find out you can't use it. So that's my side plug. Um, but I do think that there's something really special about being able to capture someone's life in a highlight. And I think that there's a lot of criticism of that because in a social media world, there's a lot of, or at least I see a lot of criticism of, oh, people aren't being real. They're just showing the highlight reel of life. But on the other side of that, I feel like life is really hard and life is really heavy. And sometimes we just really need a highlight reel to remember that life is also kind of great and beautiful. And I know the first time that I ever did branding photography, I didn't even know that it was a thing. I have long hated being in front of the camera. I would rather be behind it. And I had a brand photographer reach out to me and ask me if they could take my photos so that they could build their portfolio. And would I be willing free photos if I would post them every day? And I said, no. Um, and then they sort of won me over eventually. I don't remember what she said to sweet talk me, but eventually she won me over. And I remember when I did these photos, I was maybe a year out of a divorce from an emotionally abusive relationship. I had not realized how low an image I had of myself. Mm. And then I saw these photos And it was, I realized it was the first time I had seen myself smile and laugh in years. And I had a total emotional moment in the studio of like, not to sound vain, but I had a moment of like, oh my God, I'm ravishing. Like I'm beautiful. Like that's me. And it was, it was a really, it wasn't a vanity thing. It was just a very profoundly emotional moment of being able to see beauty in my life that I had been missing. And it was so healing for me. And I know for my photographer, like it lit them up as well. So it, it is, it's a really, I think it's a really important thing. And I think photos have long been a part of history of capturing those moments. Even back in the day when we didn't have photos and people were painting, you know, can you imagine having to, if that was your job to sit like, I mean, photo shoots take hours. I don't know about you all. When I do photo shoots, it's like a full day thing. Yeah. Can you imagine if each one of those images had to be painted? Yeah. Like, I got wow. carpal tunnel just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but what is it like for you two working together as a couple? How did that change the dynamic of your relationship? Um, so I think that us working together. I probably should have let you answer because I'm super curious about what you're going to say, but Mm -hmm. I always just talk first. Um, (laughs) never stop talking. Um, so I think that us working together, um, really has pushed a fast forward hyperspeed button on offering grace and appreciation to one another and trust and all of those things that really make, that can really make a relationship rock solid. um, If you can lean into it courageously. Um, I think that it's just been in a super fast forward trajectory. Um, And so ultimately I think it, brings us closer together Mm -hmm. um you know anybody will tell you that running and owning a business is scary and every single day we have to show up for ourselves and show up for each other and show up for the people that we serve and we have to make uh difficult decisions um and figure things out like we're just constantly figuring things out. Yeah. Um, and so I would say that um, it's really been, you know, I think as I look back on it, you know, in years to come, I 
I will appreciate how even more how it's molded and sculpted us into um, a stronger couple. Um, you know, that being said, we never actually sought out to run a business together. It was never some great whimsical goal that we had. We know the statistics of couples working together. Um, but what happened was doors opened up for us that we weren't going to shut. You know, we saw how good of a photographer he is. I already had like a studio and then he just came in and just became this amazing photographer that um, was the perfect complement to everything I'm not as a photographer. And, you know, I am very much the face of the business. And so being able to work through things and bring that to the table and, you know, these doors opened up for us to work together and we just weren't going to shut them. Um, and so we decided to keep moving forward and to work together. Um, so, you know, it's challenging because the things that make us awesome at what we do are also the things that mean that we solve problems differently. And we look at things differently, which is a tremendous gift, but it's also a huge challenge when you boil it down to two people making decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but that's why I'd say that one of the gifts of the experiences for, is that we've been on this warp speed journey of um, growing together stronger you know, because we have to. Yeah. So that's I think, why I say. What I think one of the things that makes it work is um, having defined roles. That's what uh, a married couple have told us before we were actually getting uh, 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 to start um, our, our business together because they had um, been in, in business together and said, when you have like a very defined roles of who does what, that makes things a lot easier. So you're not trying to like second guess and step over each other's toes. That being said, we still like, we still powwow about, you know, big decisions and things like that. Yeah. But, um, there's that. Um, also, is uh, I think one of the other challenges is, um, you know, you're you're living with your coworker now. So like, <laughs> I mean, I have a hard time shutting off. So like, and like, you know, like during dinner, I'll like something will come to my mind about work, about the studio, and so I'll start talking to Kristen, and like she'll have to be like, Dave, not now. Like, <laughs> like we clocked out, you know, like uh, write it down, and we'll get to it tomorrow, you know, type thing. Yeah, so. I think uh, yes, and I think that you know those boundaries, those established boundaries and everything, um, they can, they can be difficult, like yeah. for everyone, for yeah. everyone. Um, and also, again, I think that that's what we've had to work and build together and find solutions on. I think there's, it's amazing that we're able to very clearly say what we need when we need it most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like that when we're sitting at dinner and it's seven o'clock at night and it's like, oh, I just thought of this. And it's like, write it down. Let's get to it tomorrow. I can't actually talk about this right now. Or, you know, Dave may come to me and say, this needs to happen now. Like X, Y, and Z really needs to happen now. Um, and I need to realize that that is something that needs to happen now. And just being able to have that open, that open format of, yeah sharing and not taking it personally right. um i've yeah the last week dave came to me we were looking at photos from a session and it wasn't like my wheelhouse like that particular session it was like a little bit well it was a like a while back or whatever and i thought i did uh i really like saluted myself <laughs> i was like yeah it was great it was fine um and he uh and he turned to me and he was like it was okay and I think for some people hearing this, that could be like soul crushing. Um, but for me, I was like, isn't that cool that we can say that to each other? Like he was just being real and honest. He was like, I thought it was okay. Um, and it could have been better and blah, 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 blah. And, and I said, you know, I think I did a pretty good job and, you know, I'm okay with how it turned out. And so but being able to have those conversations and not have it be like just, earth shattering or anything it's just another part of working together it's just being really honest and really real all the time <laughs> yeah, absolutely I think that that self-security is such an important quality 
I think just either if you're in a relationship or running a business to be able to be whole on yourself and not be fragile when the criticism comes in or when someone has an opinion. And especially if you are blurring those lines of working together, living together, it's so important to have those boundaries. And I know I've, I've had several clients in the past who have been couples. And that's one of the things we put in their marketing plan is you have to have new business dates and no business dates (laughs) because there has to be separation. Otherwise it just, it's tough. And even, um, for anyone running a business, I think those boundaries are so important. And I think part of what makes you so talented as a team is that both of you are very talented individually. It's not like, it doesn't seem like there is a, um, a misbalance in power or like an off power dynamic, but maybe you can speak to that sort of, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this question, but I feel like there's, there's a lot of cultural structuring in relationships where traditionally the male is sort of the head of the house. And even in a quote woke culture, there's still some remnants of that. And I know I've talked to a lot of females in business or women in business that have sort of felt that discomfort. And there's a lot of men who, um, we were talking about this, uh, on one of the last episodes of, um, we were talking about having to change the job title on online dating because a lot of men wouldn't date women who owned businesses or who they perceived as more successful. (laughs) And it was a really interesting conversation. And I can testify to that, that I, when I heard that, I thought that's crazy. And then I tried it. And when I had CEO, I had a few dates when I had business owner, I had a few more dates. And when I just put marketing, I had hundreds. Wow. It's crazy. Um, and so then I, I researched it because I'm a total Google slut and I want to Google everything when I find out information. And there is so much about female CEOs getting divorced as soon as they step into that role. Um, mm. There's so much of that. And it it's frustrating and interesting. And I am curious for the two of you what that was like, because Dave, you sort of came into Kristen's already established success. So was there any sort of, I don't know, ego fighting to get on balance? Did it just sort of happen? Like how have you two navigated that power dynamic to, to find your place as equal success partners? Well, I think, um, I, I still struggle with uh, seeing myself as equal to Kristen in, in, in our business. Like, um, it, you know, she, like you said, had started it and uh, for all intents and purposes, like she runs our weekly meeting. Like she's kind of like more in charge, I guess, um, than me. She just has way more experience um, as a business owner. So a lot of times I defer to her on a lot of things, but, um, you know, uh, I think over the past year or so, like it, slowly I've been taking, I think a little bit more of, quote unquote, a leadership role within as more of like a full partnership. Um, but I think I still, I still think Kristen gets, um, I guess the majority of the power. And I think actually, literally you do actually have a 51% ownership out of 49. So. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, we wanted to maintain, yeah. um, being a woman owned business right. that was important to yeah. us. So, uh, yeah. Um, and Dave just came on board more logistically than anything officially as a partner, Mm -hmm. um, just recently. And we knew that like, obviously that's what we were going to do, but there's like chunks that you have to take on at different points in times when you're like, here, here you are as an LLC, here's what you're doing now. Here's what you're doing now. So we just put it on the map. We're like, okay, this, this month, this date, that's when we're going to officially form like the, the, the co-ownership and the partnership. Mm -hmm. So we did that. Um, I'm more comfortable as a behind the scenes person yeah. anyway. So like for me being out in front is always a struggle. Like we had done a, uh, uh I guess a behavioral assessment. And so we kind of had, um, through that, we determined that Kristen is more of, I guess, uh, a leader and more of a, an influencer. So she does really well out front and I'm more of, uh, making sure everything is operating smoothly, like kind of yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's more of a details guy. I'm more of a out front, um, type of person. Yeah. I'm big person. I'm big picture. He's details. Um, so it complements really nicely. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, 
you know, there was this transition, not only with him, but with bringing Vic on board where I had been running this company completely by myself. I, well, that's not fair. Dave has always been a part of the business. There was a differentiating, differentiating um, shift from working in corporate America and being the emotional part of the business that's like, yeah, sweetie, I think that's a good idea. You should do that to actually, okay, I'm in it. We're photographing. We like, we're, we are running this together. And um, so that was a definitive shift. And so that meant taking everything that was inside of my head and disseminating that information to him and to Vic. And that was a huge learning curve uh, for me and for them. And so we just had to like be in it together and just know that we were in it together and just ride that wave. And it's it's a bumpy ride, Um, you know, because a lot of being a big picture person um, and not being as much of a details person, a lot of stuff is just that it's in my head and then making it more um, formulated so that other people could take that on. Um, it was just a lot for all of us. Um, and you know, it's been awesome seeing, seeing, being able to, for me to take a step back and allow and celebrate other people rising up and shining. And, um, Dave has just taken on more and more and more And it's been awesome seeing that come to life because I, I always, always believe in him. And I always, always just want for his awesomeness to be known to everyone. Like, I just want to shout it from the rooftops. Um, And so anytime that there's, you know, these moments or these phases or whatever, where that can just come to life, you know, that that's what I, I want for him. Um, I think to the main point of what you're saying, as far as like power and, you know, and all these other dynamics of like who earns what and who does what, um, I think that recognizing where our skill sets are and the tremendous power and equality within each of those skill sets keeps us on a really even playing field we have very defined roles like within within the business so you know yeah that helps it does and so what he does for details and team spirit and his approach to systems making sure that systems operate as efficiently as possible none of those things are my greatest skill set and so in that sense we're not only we're not only equals, but he actually is better at all of that than me. And so he has a stronger, a stronger stance in that in anything that has to do with our business that has to do with those components, you know, he's gonna get the the power with that. And then for me, I, my stronger sense is relationships and relationship building and communication. And that's, you know, always been my strong set and, and leaning into the, the core of who somebody is. Um, and so I'm always going to have a great sense of power within that space in our relationship. I think as far as like, money and wealth and titles and things like that go I don't know that we've ever really cared who brings in uh more money Mm-mm. um it's just let's just make sure we bring in the money I do not care I do not care and I remember when uh early on in our relationship I was uh going to a therapist and um you know I had different ideas about equality in relationships and one of them was you know, money. And I was like, at that time, honestly, I was a social worker, really poor. And, and, you know, Dave was doing all right. And I remember saying to her, you know, I'm always going to be a financial burden and we're never going to be equal. And she said, equality in a relationship is so much more than who earns what. Um, you're going to find times where you're going to show up in a different way, exactly the way that he needs it. And he's going to show up in another way you need it. And that's what equality is based on. 
So I think we look at it more from a big, big picture, big worldview aspect of our relationship rather than, you know, our power is, doesn't rely on exactly who's doing what at any given moment. It's that we cohesively figure it out together and respect each other wherever we are. That could be in its entirely own podcast conversation. And if you're listening, seriously, rewind the last couple minutes because there was a lot of gold um, in what Kristen just said. And I also just real quickly want to note that if that train is picked up in the audio, um, she was not cursing out her husband. She was actually saying very lovely things. It was a train in the background. Ah! We were not bleeping out profanities. We don't even hear it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I used to live right uh, by the airport in San Diego. And people would come over and they would panic. Like, what is that? Is it an earthquake? And the windows are rattling. And I'm like, what's what? Like, I don't, I don't hear anything. And they're like, oh my God, the apartment is falling over. I'm like, no, it's just a plane. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You tune it out. You get used to the noise. It's my lullaby. <laughs> yes. Um, but I love the way that the two of you collaborate and think about teamwork. And I think that's a lot of what has made you so successful as a couple and as business partners. I want to talk a little bit about photography, um, which is why we're here. (laughs) So when we think about photography, I feel like most of us tend to dump it all into one bucket and, you know, we've all heard sort of like the point and click. Um, and I think a lot of photographers are undervalued, especially in the day of having phones where all of us are quote photographers, because we all have our phone. We all have Instagram. We all have, you know, all these ways to take photos, Um, But there's so much that goes into professional photography and into different styles. And I know that you specialize in so many different categories, the branding, the boudoir, the family, the pets. What are some differences or are there differences between these different photography styles? Do you set all of them up the same way? Are there differences both from you as a photographer? Is there different prep that goes into it? And then as someone who's being photographed, what are the differences or overlaps? Yeah, I absolutely love this question. Dave, why don't you tell her a little bit more about you and your your setup? The, The short answer is, we are completely different in how we actually take a photo. Yeah. How we technically take a photo is totally different, but, but like at the end of the day, like that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I think the most important thing that we both do is like finding out from the client, like what is most important to them in a photo that's going to be taken of them. So like, it doesn't matter if it's branding or boudoir or family or pet. Um, it all depends on what is important to the client and finding out that first and then you can go ahead and take your photos. And it doesn't matter how fancy or unfancy your photos are, as long as you nail that one thing, um, then you're gonna be successful. Yeah, so. yeah, it's at the end of the day, the question that we are all asking ourselves at the studio is how do we help people connect as deeply as possible to this one precious life that they have? And how can we help them feel as empowered as possible, whether we're talking about their career or their family or their connection or their bond with their pets um, or how they see themselves through a boudoir session. Um, At the end of the day, when they walk out of here, do they feel more connected, as deeply as connected as possible to what they love? And do they feel empowered? Um, But as for our techniques and our styles of approaching different genres of photography, um, it's pretty well streamlined. Um, And that's another thing of knowing each other's boundaries and each other's spaces. Mm -hmm. Dave is an amazing boudoir photographer. Um, I am not a boudoir photographer and he has a very specific style and it's, um, it's beautiful. And, you know, I'm not going to like roll in and sub for him as a boudoir photographer. Yeah, that's and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do the same for Kristen on um, pet or family because, um, you know, like mine is more uh, technical and posing and like, um, like the lighting is a specific way. And Kristen's are like, she's capturing the emotion of, uh, you know, of those family members, like at that time like right there. Um, it's very quick. And, um, and she, she's able to pull out, you know, things that, um, would never 
you would be difficult to pull out and with the way that I do it. So um, yours yeah. is very meticulous. Your work is very meticulous and very well articulated and everything that he does slows down, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, every photograph that he takes, he does our branding photography in studio and the boudoir photography in it as well. And all of that is very, again, meticulous lighting and setup and very intentional about how every, every detail comes together, the colors, the lighting, mm -hmm. the mood. Um, and it just, he's, he's really good at just slowing down and taking that time to make sure that you get that shot that is going to, that the client's going to see and see themselves in a way that they never saw themselves before and go, wow, I didn't know that was me. I didn't know that that was possible. And so, you know, that's what he, that's what he's going to do. And then with me, with yeah. pets and family, I'm going to roll into any house or in the studio, any time of day, doesn't matter, you know, newborn, two-year-old, puppy, old dogs, all together, and it's going to be chaotic. Throw a cat in there. And throw a cat in there, maybe, maybe a bunny. Maybe a bunny and a bird. Uh, yeah. And she's got it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, you know, hold my beer. I'm going to take some photos. But it it's going to be chaotic and it's going to be beautiful because it's your chaos. It's your beautiful, beautiful world that you have created. And no one, those people have not stepped outside of themselves and seen that chaos in all of its beauty. And, you know, we're going to stop and we're going to slow it down when we can do that. We're going to embrace what's happening. We're going to flow with it. And again, you're going to step back and see everything that you love in your life the way that you've never seen it before um, and create something beautiful to always be transported back to what really truly matters. Um, and so that's, that's what we bring to the table is, you know, we have completely different approaches to how we roll in and how we achieve helping someone feel as empowered as possible and as connected to what they love as possible, but it still in the end brings you to that same space. I love that. And I, I think that's a good reminder too, when thinking from a consumer standpoint of the importance of you're not just investing in a photo or buying a photo, you're, you're kind of paying for the photographer. Right. Like there's a huge difference in who you're working with. And I know um, the photographer that I work with out here in New England, it, the reason that I work with her, even though there's a million photographers that could take my photo, I mean, apart from her being geographically in proximity, it's, it's really just a meshing of personality. And there's something magical that happens when it's her unique style and creativity and my style and creativity and they align. And so I think that that's a really important thing. And that's a lot of what you're paying for, because I've had my photos taken by photographers that have a different style. And it's not that they're not nice photos, um, but they're not photos that I would ever publish on my website or photos that I would frame in my house. And so if you're going to take the time and spend the money on a photo, I think it's really important to work with someone who gets you, who has a style that's going to reflect your life. Um, so I think that's really a cool thing to touch on. And I'm a little curious. So I did boudoir photos a while back. I was a part of this 30 over 30, um, for a friend of mine that does it. And it was an interesting experience. It was not something that I'd ever sought out to do. I personally was uncomfortable <laughs> the whole time. Um, and it, it was an interesting experience, not just going through it, but talking to other people afterwards and hearing opinions. And in the world of boudoir, I think that a lot of people think of it as like this really, trashy sexual thing. Like this is a gift that you give to your husband or your boyfriend. And I think that that does a disservice to the type of photography. I think it's at least in my experience, it, there really wasn't anything sexual about it. It was more so empowering and just appreciating myself and who I am 
So I'm curious if you can speak a little bit about that of like what goes into a boudoir shoot and also the dynamic of, you know, Christian, your husband is basically taking photos of naked women, which would bother a lot of people, um, especially if they don't, I think, understand the dynamics of it. So can you talk a little bit about what goes into that style of photography and I guess sort of what your feelings are as a couple of having a male be the boudoir photographer. Mm-hmm. You may go first, or yeah, know. I'll go. I can. I can okay. go ahead and. Sure. Um, so for for me, Dave being a boudoir photographer is awesome um, because I have um, heard him speak so passionately about what it means for someone to be so empowered by the boudoir experience and hearing his passion for um, women being able to see their badass selves, to see the best of themselves and to give them a transformational experience in which they um, walk away and they've created um, beautiful art that rightfully helps them celebrate their worthiness every single day. Um, And so I know uh, where he's coming from and where his passion is and his drive is in it. And I've seen his work and his work is extraordinary. Um, The short answer that I tell people is, yeah, I'm totally fine with my husband photographing boudoir because the health of our marriage has nothing to do with how much clothing someone's wearing or how little clothing they're wearing when he photographs them. It's really, truly about that empowerment that people experience. And you really hit it on the head when you said it's it's not so much about um, the sexuality aspect of it. It's about the empowerment aspect of it. And yes, sexuality can be a part of that experience. Um, but boudoir, the point of boudoir is that it's an extremely personal experience for each person and they get to discover what that means to them. And then Dave um, helps them bring that to life and see themselves in a profoundly new way. Yeah. When just to, to touch on that real quick, um, I think that point of sexuality being a part of it, I, and I know that this has come up before on the podcast, but I think it's also important to note that sexuality is not the same as sex. I think that's something that gets blurred a lot in today's culture where, you know, it feels like every time we have a female performer at the Super Bowl, it becomes this big sex scandal. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a huge difference between being quote sexual and appreciating your body and the sensuality and the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily, that's not a, like a moving billboard for being open for business for whoever, like there is a difference between Mm -hmm. sex and sexuality. And so I think that that's an important distinction that sex might be something that you have with someone or give to someone, or, you know, someone else is a part of it. Sexuality is yours. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to say is that it's really about um, the beautiful thing is that it it is about when we are expressing any element of sensuality or sexuality, it's about our ownership of it. Yeah, we have uh, we have ownership of that. It's not about how somebody else experiences it. It's about how we experience it. Yeah, yeah. I think with any client that I've come to the door, whether you know they're um, whether they express that the uh, issue is going to be for themselves or it's going to be like for a partner. Um, essentially it always should kind of be for themselves too, you know, and most importantly, um, I always ask, um, you know, one of the first questions I always ask any client, um, uh, during a pre-consult is, okay, so let's pretend we, we do a shoot. Um, you, uh, we schedule it for it. Um, you get hair and makeup done. Um, we do, uh, the shoot over a couple hours and then afterwards you see a slideshow of your photos and you get to pick out your favorites and we design some artwork together. And, and that's awesome. The most important thing is when you get in the car and you're on the ride home, how do you want to feel about this experience? Like, that's the important thing, like sexy photos, whatever. How do you want to feel when you're on that ride home? And like, that's where we're really going to start from. I want to know like how they want to feel about the experience. And, um, you know, from there, it always initially comes back to like, more of their own empowerment, uh, even if it was like initially in their head, like, oh, I'm doing this for a partner. It, 
we're able to kind of bring it back towards, you know, um, them reconnecting their strength or their confidence or, or whatever. So I think that's the most important thing of it. Absolutely. And I I think that a lot of the lines just are more blurred than we think they are. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a lot of parallels as much as we might separate out our boudoir life from our branding life, they actually are correlated. And I know for me, even if I never share a boudoir photo anywhere, that experience and those photos and that way of seeing myself definitely contributed to how I present in my brand. It contributed to how I lead my company, how I show up in the public eye. So I think that that that's an important part of having these different aspects of photography where we really are capturing all the components of our life, because I think that it's really easy to get tunnel vision on just seeing ourselves as a business owner or just seeing yourself as a mom or just seeing yourself as, you know, your sexual partner or just seeing yourself as one thing. And I think when we can get those different pieces, we start to get a richer view of our life. And I think that that that's a really cool thing that is offered through your studio, being able to paint that fuller picture of all these different options. Um, and one thing that I think is really cool that you do as well as you include pets in the photos and that is not easy to get photos of pets. Um, I have so many, my, my poor dogs, they are such teenagers. I swear (laughs) if they, I will try to be so quiet and somehow they will hear me push the camera button. And as soon as I open it, they're gone. Like, it doesn't matter if they're sound asleep. As soon as they hear the camera button, they're like, no, no, mom, no pictures. <laughs> and uh, my mom tells me all the time it's karma because I was such a brat when I was a teenager of just never letting someone take my photos. So what kind of prep goes into taking pet photos? Like, how do you get the pets to, I don't know, to be in front of the camera? How do you capture those moments of, um, un? I don't, I don't want to call it like uncontrollable chaos, but I don't know, un, unhuman <laughs> beautiful, communication chaos, canine chaos. Canine yeah. chaos. chaos. There you go. Um, yeah. So just like every aspect of our photography, it all starts with the conversation. And most of the work that we do is, is long done before we even pick up our camera. Like all of our success, or I shouldn't say all of our success, a lot of our success is rooted in those conversations that we have before we pick up our camera. And that's for any genre of photography that we do. Um, But for pets, um, during that time that that we're discovering together, that discovery call or or discovery meeting, which most people think of as a pre-consult, you know, we get to lean into what it is you love most about that pup in your life. And as we're doing that, we're, we're as photographers, we're being triggered into, um, you know, what it is that makes them shine and what environment we need to create so that they're best able to be themselves. And we can capture that and immortalize that. Um, and so it helps a lot having the humans in the photographs with them, um, because when the pups roll in, we don't really ask uh, our, our furry um, family members to do or be anything other than themselves. And so if a pup is, if the thing that they love most about their pup or their cat or their bunny is that they're super snuggly and that they show up for them during their hardest days, you know, when they come home, they know that, um, you know, Fifi is there ready for belly rubs. And that just makes everything that happened in the day, the rest of the day before just wash away. Then we're going to create an environment where Fifi is able to just be with her human and, you know, feel comfortable just getting belly rubs from, you know, dog mom and dog dad. Um, you know, some people, they just love how crazy and nutso and playful their pups are and ball is life. And so we're going to make sure that we have a ball there and that you're able to play and just create that environment where everybody's able to show up for each other in love. Really, you're just there to have your best day together. And when that's all that's at stake, it just shows up like all of that love 
and everything that they love most just organically shows up. Um, and so pups aren't thinking so much about having their photograph taken because they're thinking about snuggles or they're thinking about having their ball or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so because of that, because we're just really focusing on, you know, people as people and creatures <laughs> as their best selves, um, then it's really about creating that place where they can show up and be that. And then I just happen to be there to be able to capture it. It also moves that means that I move around a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I, I highly recommend checking out the portfolio online. There are some really great photos. Um, and I, I particularly like the pet photos just because I just am such a pet person. Um, when it comes to picking a photographer, what are some questions that we should ask before saying, yes, I'm, I'm good with working with this person? I think uh, one of the most important things is ask yourself how comfortable you feel with that person. And do you, do you feel like they took the time to care about who you are and what you care about? Um, I think that's probably one of the most important questions because there's a difference between photographers who offer a transactional experience and photographers who offer a transformational experience. Transactional experience is when you pick up the phone to a photographer and you're like, hey, I wanna photograph my dog. I really, I really love my dog. My dog's great. Um, transactional photographers can be like, great, awesome, perfect. Okay, well, I have Saturday open, um, come on over. We'll take some photos. And then you know what? They're gonna take good photos of your dog probably but those photos aren't going to say anything about how much you love them or why you uniquely love them. Same thing for boudoir, yeah. um, you know, transactional versus transformational. You're going to call and be like, I want a boudoir session. Okay, great. Um, bring your sexiest lingerie, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, this is what we're doing. Come, <laughs> yeah. here. come here. Yeah. Um, as opposed to a transformational experience, which Dave just so beautifully articulated was, how do you want to feel when you get in the car on yeah. the ride home from this experience? Who, you yeah. know, who are you? When do you feel like your strongest yeah. self? If you could sum that up in like one word, what would that be? What was the last time you felt that way? You know, uh, what if we could capture that for you and like, you know, so that you can go back to that and use it as an anchor to let your self feel that way on, you know, when you're having a great day, when you're having a bad day, morning or night, you wake up and you see that photo or you go to bed and you see that photo and, you know, that's able to re-anchor you back to, you know, back to um, your confidence or, or whatever that it is that they want to feel, you know, so. Um, yeah. I think that it's the most important thing. You said, what are the questions to ask? And I I think the most important question is, do I feel seen and heard and even loved by this photographer? Because it's not too much to ask and every person is worthy yeah. of having the person that is going to be capturing themselves at their most vulnerable, at their most powerful, at their best. It's really important that that person see them and hear them and really care and love for who they are and what they love because the photographer should not be picking up the camera until they understand those things. Otherwise, it's a transactional experience and there'll be a limit to the value of what's experienced from that. So I would say. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I've learned as a photographer, it doesn't matter how good you can photograph um, as long as it like you have to make it mean something to them. You know, the rest of, value is not in how good of a photographer you are, really. How good, <laughs> of, how good of you photograph. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's all in. Like, There's always going to be a photographer who's a better photographer. Yeah. It's not about being the best photographer in the sense of like, here's the best photo that could have ever possibly been produced. Mm -hmm. It will always be, how did, how did you make that person feel when they walk through your door? Yeah. And, and, and when they actually see that photo, how do they, did you, are you able to transport them back to a, a feeling that, you know, that they're looking for? I yeah. would agree a thousand percent. And I, I, most of my photos are branding. Most of my photos are for business and all of those sorts of things. And I, there is such an importance to the storytelling aspect and the photos that there's a lot of brand photographers where, you know, they're fine headshots. They're lovely photos, but you know, everybody's posed the same. Everybody looks the same. 
So the photos that are really going to introduce people to you in your life, the photos that you're going to want to hold on to are absolutely the ones that are unique to you. Um, but I, I'm so thankful. I, we could talk for hours. You guys just have so much wisdom and brilliance and things to say. Um, but thank you so much for sharing your expertise and for anyone listening, would love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at embrace the ish at gmail.com or hang out with us online at successfulish.com or Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at embrace the ish. Success and failure, not on opposite ends. Curveball hits, gotta know what to bend. The attitude will affect destination. And if you determine when you're gonna make it, live between successes, makes life rich. Live in every moment, successfulish. Live between successes, makes life rich. Live in every moment, successfulish. Hey, successfulish. Another day, another task. Think fast with a whole nother mission complete. I'm successfulish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see. I'm successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back. Reinvest hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve. Successfulish. Another day, another task. Think fast with a whole nother mission complete. Successfulish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see. I'm successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back. Reinvest hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve. Hey. All this weight on my arms need both flex. In this race, put behind me most steps. Had to swear the learning curve, hope I don't crash. Hit your nerves when reserves got low cash. When I fail, realize that it won't last. You made it through when the past just look back successfulish you can see how the contrast fails and wins use the past and the bounce back you can never win if you never go and do it failure is a hard road rarely ever cruising embracing all my wins with a handful of losing expect the drought season when the plan's going fluent i can never really feel it's all how you view it it's all a lesson just depends how you use it get all the data and keep it all exclusive never ending journey and the growth is therapeutic my identity is not in what you see i am the better me mistakes others make i see have a teacher me compare yourself to others is an insult to tragedy we will make unique gotta use again collectively broke down my goals in a few look Toesome. Can't take them back because you already spoke them. Easily regressive, you don't stay focused. Focus, live between success every moment. Successfulish. Another day, another task. Think fast with a whole nother mission complete. I'm successfulish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see. I'm successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back, reinvest, hope with. Then I roll up my sleeve. I'm successfulish. Another day, another task. Think fast with a whole nother mission complete. Successfulish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to See, I'm successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back, reinvest, hope with. Then I roll up my sleeve.